Welcome to the Mad River Anthology. I'm Tim Ayers. Born Aaron Douglas Castlin in 1972 and raised in Los Angeles, Achille Castlin graduated from Inglewood High School, joined the Navy, returned home, and discovered an affinity for spoken word and began honing his skills at open mic, freestyle, and slam events. Struggling with addiction, he began a downward spiral which led to a 1996 conviction for robbery and an eight-year prison sentence. With less than six months left to serve on his 96 conviction, he faced a further indictment and is currently serving his sentence at Pelican Bay State Prison. Tonight we are reading from his poetry collection, Who Am I? A Spoken Word Memoir, recorded at the book's launch in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada on January 30th of this year. Achille thanks the Mad River Anthology for, quote, giving voice to my humble words, and that, I've been listening to the show for the last eight years and dreamt of being part of the broadcast, and now that dream is a reality. And he will be listening to tonight's program from the Security Housing Unit at Pelican Bay State Prison. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi, Tara. Hi, Tara. Thanks for being here. It's a great turnout. Welcome to the book release and launch party of Achilles' book, Who Am I? Uh, my name is Tara, and I'm your MC for the evening, and we have a great night lined up for you. So, unfortunately, prisons are still being used as weapons of racism and colonialism. And tonight we're here to celebrate this wonderful, active, creative, and political resistance to the prison industrial complex. And we thank you all very much for being here and for those of you who are participating. You excited? Ready? First, I want to welcome Karen Emily to talk about Achille and this book, which she's worked with him on. And so her love and energy is in this piece as well. So please come up, Karen. Thank you very much. I really wish I wasn't standing up here, um, in part because I'm very nervous, and also in part because I wish Shaquille could be here. I'm going to try not to cry. Um, and I know that if he was here in front of you all, he would say he's very humbled and honored and privileged to listen to you all share his words and share his poetry. Achille is a 37-year-old man, and he's been in prison for 14 years and 10 of those years he's been in solitary confinement. Uh, to me though, Achille isn't just a prisoner, he's my brother, he's my friend, he's my political ally. He's the person I write when I'm having a tough time and he kind of picks me up. Uh, he's my supporter in as much as I am his. Uh, to just to tell you a little bit about Achille, he uh, grew up in Inglewood, California, which is just outside of LA. He spent his time between being raised by his mother, who was a proud working class black woman, and his father, who was a middle class white man. After high school, he joined the Navy and he was quickly dishonorably discharged, as he says. Uh, he returned to Inglewood and got involved in the hip hop scene and the spoken word scene. That was pretty vibrant at that time, it was the 1990s. And uh, unfortunately, he also returned to Inglewood with an addiction that he found when he was in the Navy. Um, in order to support that addiction, he committed a few robberies that he was arrested for. And that was in 1996. 
He's now housed in California's Pelican Bay Prison in their security housing unit where he's locked in his cell for 23 and a half hours a day alone. He goes to the yard alone. His yard is probably half the size of your bedroom with cement walls that go up 20, 40 feet high. His continued imprisonment and the condition of his imprisonment are directly related to the way that the state punishes people who are politically conscious and active. It's um, the state's way of when people become politically active and politically conscious and speak up for their political beliefs, the state has a way of targeting those political actions and, and labeling them as gang activity or as activity that threatens the security of the prison and people are placed in solitary confinement like Healy is, and he's not the only one. I met Akili more than five years ago. He wrote a letter to First Struggle Mag, which is a magazine by political prisoners that I work on. And I was immediately struck by his insight, his wisdom, his humanity, and especially that he was able to retain all of these characteristics living in such inhumane conditions. Despite his imprisonment, Akili is always active. He studies, he practices Tai Chi, he writes articles and poetry, he acts as a mentor to people like myself. This summer, he participated in an annual run for political prisoners and raised $500, not for himself, even though he could definitely use the money, but to support other prisoners who are unjustly persecuted. That's Akili, he's always giving, he's never thinking of himself, and he's refusing to let the walls and laser wire silence him. And this book is part of that. We've spent years putting together this collection of poetry and we're both so excited to share it with you. Who Am I is an autobiographical book. It is about Achilles' own experiences growing up, multicultural, multiracial, trying to find belonging and community in a hyper-racial world. It is also about his imprisonment, his political development, and the importance of learning from our mentors and our ancestors. I'm so excited to introduce you to Achille, and so excited that you get to meet him in his own words. And thanks to everyone who's volunteered to read the poems. Uh, you're lending your voices to Achille's vision, and I know he's eternally grateful for your generosity. Thank you. Thanks, Emily. Okay, first up, we have Yavar Hamid, who's a great, I, I'm going to out you as a human rights lawyer because I think that's important for people to know as well, as well as an artist and a teacher and all around fabulous person. So here you go, Yavar. Thanks, Tara. The poem that I've chosen today is called 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, for, for me, this, uh, this was a, an exploration. It is an exploration terms of history, uh, power, understanding where we stand today based on uh, struggles of the past. I think that uh, it, it speaks volumes. You'll hear it, uh, obviously, in, in Achilles' words, which are so powerful. I, I've had the benefit of uh, seeing some of his prose as well as his poetry, and I hope to, in the near future, uh, be able to correspond uh, back with him. Uh, his, his mind is fantastic uh, in terms of his analysis. Uh, in addition to being a poet, uh, an artist, and, and all the things which Karen Emily mentioned, uh, he, he's also a jailhouse lawyer, uh, which means that he assists other people who are in dire need of, uh, of assistance, uh, uh, legal tips uh, within the criminal justice system. And uh, for me, as a human rights lawyer, I, I have great admiration and respect for that because I think that that's someone who's actually using uh, the law for what it's meant to do. And uh, so, so this, this poem, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, I think uh, 
uh, is also an analogy to, to what we should be thinking about here, which is 24 Sussex. So this is uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue uh, for Dairiki. No longer pendulous, easily swayed within the vicissitudes of being born, a harmony of change maligned by neophobes, instigators of adversarial roles along this voracious voyage. Considered an anomaly, we traveled the shores of Punt into pyramids of Kush, walked the Nile, navigated the Atlantic to Peru and back long before being interned in floating tombs, decomposing sardines and tomato paste, Jesus's amazing grace. Descendants of Yenga the Great, Cimarrones and Black Seminoles, in 1570, revolting against colonial rape. Los Goeros Negros, forcing conquistadores in 1609 to leave the first free community throughout the Americas, waving white sombreros. Which kind of makes you wonder if the amalgamation of African, indigenous, and Mexicano culture for over 500 years, establishing authentic pueblos de negros from Costa Chica to Veracruz, isn't hidden by schools to continue the divide and conquer strategy administered from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Hispanola 1791, the alchemy of sugar and gold, declaring IET the first black republic in a primitive new world. Resurrection like death delivered in threes August 21, 1971, breach block delivery of a whole new breed. Perfect love, perfect hate, breaking imperialist chains by any means. Which kind of makes you wonder if the constant influx of guns, dope, coups, and doom, kidnapping and cutting of Jean-Baptiste strings isn't a case of chickens coming home to roost, orchestrated by a modern day council of Nicheni from 1600. Pennsylvania Avenue. Avenue. Work. Thank you, Yavar. Next up, we have Ian. I must tell you the truth. When Brother Will asked me to uh, to do this, I jumped on immediately because uh, because I've been watching Oz really recently. I'm I'm in season four. And it's bananas. And I mean, to tell you the truth, it, it's kind of funny, but it's not really. I mean, it really shows uh, some of the truth behind uh, the uh, prison industrial complex. Um, I've worked in uh, in schools and, uh, and and prisons, youth prisons, juvenile prisons, as well as adult ones. And um, the poem that I chose is called uh, Problem Child. Erect thumb of a two-fingered right hand. Antithesis of the index and expletive potential piece. Recipient of condescending words, acrimonious stares, green switches, electric cords, broomsticks, a $50 shuckling, angry shove. Open, closed, ring tottering, heavy fists, pumpkin sized, boost colored, volcanoes erupt on caramel skin. Unleashing lava and all its crimson heat, closed by a butterfly kiss from Mrs. Smith. Hope in hugs, apologetic tear-filled kisses that never stop. 
The swelling do melt fear, frozen clutch, just as the sun's soothing rays comfort shrieking violets until the next rain. Problem child. We have Faye, a.k.a. Uh, so I'm going to do three short poems for you um, tonight. I chose them because they really spoke to me about my own experiences going up and trying to wrestle with um, being a Filipino-Canadian. And so this idea of um, how I immigrated here, but I was basically raised here, so I have a very Canadian identity, but wrestling with the idea that my people are still going through colonialism and neocolonialism, and the idea that my parents who have come here, who want me to have a really good life in Canada, are still in that kind of neocolonialism mentality where uh, they don't really care anymore about, I mean, they do about in money, but they don't actually in activism or um, the, the activists over there that are being shot and killed under the uh, regime of Gloria Macabagala Arroyo, so. It really spoke to me. So the first poem I'm gonna do, To Love a Tormentor. In your often sanctimonious mood, you loved to assault me with an acidic tongue-lashing, peppered exaggerations of how I'm the devil's seed? Truth ain't in me. Never did you take time to examine how the unsoiled become muck of the mire. Could it have been droplets, little white lies about everything? My name, your church, these founding fathers, features calling forth living dead memories of being tortured, ostracized, death shuck and jive, and their supposed civility. Or did you? Uh, the next one's called, Who Are You? Before they met, there was no difference between the two. Then came school with boxes to check. Choose, you demand, backhandedly knuckling, disbelieving eyes, innocence burrowed under the bliss of childish ignorance, violently brandishing a chastising finger. Hypocrisy snatched the cover away, commanding, be a good mutt, do what I say, relinquishing death's cousin. Grandmother's wisdom is made plain. When you point a finger, three point back at you. So if the devil's a liar, what are you? And uh, this is my favorite from his entire piece, and it's uh, called Panacea. I am Dahomey, lopping off one breast, providing protecting, caring for offspring, living proof no sacrifice outweighs what mother's love achieves. I am Sacagawea, lost bird, kidnapped, wore booty for a barren wife, raised to be manifest destiny. I am Noyan Iquok, suppressor's agitator, freedom fighter for nieces, nephews, flesh and bones fused with rubber trees, fertilizing western war machines. I am a rambunctious wild child, the mixed up, twice invisible breed, swallowing poetic dreams and tears that scorch my throat dry. I am half Walter Lee Younger and half Tupac Amaru Shakur, a new millennium bigger, thug raisin in the sun, fulfilling prophecy. Run, red rivers, run, grow, green trees grow, fly, clenched fists fly self-determination our panacea for you we forever resist thank you yes. Yes. i've got me some juice bombs thanks Faye. next up we have Stefan. Yes. 
so it's two poems. So the first one is Grandmother's Bible. In Grandmother's Bible are birth names, born days, a foundation laid in faith, and warning songs telling of the small town's water well, how to catch, clean, cook fish, pick snap beans, grow anything, turn zucchini to bread, berries to jam, nicknames, concealing possibilities, childhood tendencies, special prayers, one given to each strength for the trials life brings, yellowing acid-free pages curled with smudged fingertips, salt-stained rings washed clean, fibs in the simplicity of her sigh, na-ah-ah, pitiful child. Stop practicing to lie. And the second piece is the wonderful dance that we uh, all experience called the dance of duality. A sandbox's friendly game of hide and go get it develops organically into fire burning away baleful stares. The way fingertips test the bruises' rightness, tongues test hot toddies, and ignorance cries, uncle, under the rainbow's dance of duality. Thank you. Are you ready, Max? Okay, next up, we have Max. How are we doing tonight? So a few um, that I've chosen, um, I really like because um, they're about family um, and about uh, the struggles that can come with family, but also the rewards and how beautiful it is. So first one is called Death of the Myth. For five days out of every week, we kneeled, anxiously peering through wavy panes of ammonia and sun-scented glass in the white-walled, blue-carpeted dining room, panting. Chest heaving, Snapper wildly wagged a heavy tail as I scribed happy faces and silly things. In the vapor of our peanut butter and jelly breath, enticed by the aroma, he erased them with a, uh, with a foamy saliva-laced lick. I laugh, he smiles, while awaiting our hero's silhouette. Flooding emptiness, he would appear at the summit of East Hillsdale in the confident, oblivious, otherworldly way only big brothers could display. Head twisting, Bouncing in the midst of disciples, stealing attention that rightfully belongs to me, overzealous worshipper of the empirical wisdom, being born first, anoints one with, enforced by an all-powerful headlock, knuckle-noogier, homemade sarcophagus. So around 2.45, we burst from 3.12, arms, legs, swimming, desperately avoiding sinking within that walled ocean of loneliness. Reaching, hugging, clinging to her boy, protagonist of a childhood myth, buffer between emotional shipwreck, the slow drowning of self-confidence, eaten alive by sharks with venomous questions for teeth. Is that your real brother? Is he adopted? Why he's so light? What you mix with? Yet now forgotten are the homemade chili cheese fries, oversized pancakes, sugar butter bread sandwiches, secrets passed back and forth like religious relics in the best and worst of times. For on graduation day, the myth died. And this one I like a lot because um, I love my mother more than almost anyone else on the face of the planet. And uh, he's, he, lets, he brings us through very well. It's called Five Proofs of Passion. One, mom never meant harm. How could she? Delivering death to aborting voices, life was given to me. Two, 
Well, I still had Gristle for a backbone. She broke hers at two jobs, making time to roll, part, blow-dry my hair for church on Sunday. Three, soaking an overworked ankle in Epsom salts, Mother Goose held, rocked, nestled us in bound wings. Four, voice trembling, eyes watering, dismissing dis disfigurement, she whispered warnings of cold rivers and warm seas colliding with each heartbeat. Five, Battle-worn, having realized roots make rubble of concrete, she accepts us for whom we've chosen to be. Thank you very much. Thank you, Max. Next up, we have Zoe. Okay, um, the poem that I'm going to read is called ID. Brenda J. Cheatham, peanut butter pretzels, driving a stick, chili, hot water cornbread, the patience to make skillet gravy, good music accompanying everything, a short glass of cognac, two ice cubes only, sneaking away to a midday Dodgers game, renting movies, noontime naps, warm summer breeze. A tendency to fuss too much, inspired by perfect love, the foundation of my ID. Kent E. King. Peanut butter pancakes, my first car, watching cooking shows, hot tang, bananas, and ice cream. Misty morning's reflection, listening to birds sing, embracing the primrose path, how to live and die dignified. A tendency to not fuss enough, inspired by perfect love, the foundation of my ID. Thank you. Um, I'm taking it upon myself as the MC to mix up the order a bit. Poets don't hate me. Um, so can you just hold on a bit? And Jeff? <laughs> it's not revenge, I promise. All right. So, uh, um, so I'm going to perform the poem that is, it's Achilles, his prison name is J99402. And, uh, it starts out here with a little quote from Public Enemy. Yeah. Quote is from Prophets of Rage. It's like that that I'm like Nat. Leave me the hell alone. If you don't think I'm a brother, then check the chromosomes. <laughs> from Keeley. Like Mount Kilimanjaro, I slumber. Weighed down by callous calculating snow. Packed on my peaks, freezing arteries. Boxed in, never allowed to feel the depth of sun's heat. Still, this heart of magma, deep within scarred flesh, stubbornly beats. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, so how about we do free will and then John? So, free will. Free will! Zoology. Who am I? Zebroid whose stripes torment like opened keloids on a slave's salted back. Stepping stone, sacrificial lamb, heartstrings symphony. Killer bee in a concrete apiary of honeyed misery. Endangered species when they petition for campaign funding. Animal farms, black sheep with an elephant's memory, future of the country. This poem is called Harriet Tubman. Mm. 
and I'm, I'm reading it because I think it's a powerful tribute to the power of womanhood and uh, because I've had many, many sisters who have, who have been harshly affected by the uh, oppressive mentalities and expectations of, of men. Harriet Tubman, Ode to Africa. Given a choice, I'd want a woman who's fallen down, gotten back up, dropped off her baggage, reloaded her guns with courage, commitment, compassion, to carry it on. Phenomenal woman, determined to be no one's darling. Has faded scars on shins, elbows, knees, tomboy memories, running, jumping, climbing trees. A maze of stretch mark roads mapping life's journey. Caesar's worrisome scalpel tract proving expectancy is ephemeral. Truth hegemonic. Experience the string connecting life to meaning. Won't wear high heels, shave legs, or starve. Being cute ain't razor burn. Deformed feet subjugating dignity to what men think womanhood means. Pockmarked trust from bruising buckshot promises. Tattoos of depression's icy grip. Share strength, insecurity, equally. Is insatiable about not tolerating disrespect, ending oppression, raising Aunt Hagger's children into warrior women and men like her and General Harriet Tubman. Thank you. Thank you, be well. So, John Akpata came in. Are your glasses unfogged? I think so. They're around here somewhere. How's everybody doing? Woo! I'm glad I'm here. I apologize for coming in a little tardy. Uh, the first poem is called Half Breeds, Riddle and Rhyme. Invisible man lost in my own skin. Devil's seed, don't carry Pop's name, just as walk, his nose, his lips. Prime candidate for tests, I know the talk, how to straight lace when out of place. Robotic expressions, empty slate, shadows replace the human face. This season's trend, capitulation, fair skin, threading the color line are in. Spun, twisted, licked, yet through the needle's eye, I don't fit. Who am I? Answer me this. And I guess this is like a, a corollary to the first poem. This is called Crash, A Half-Breed's Reality. And it starts with a quote from Richard Pryor. It hit me like a shot. I've been in Africa three weeks and I haven't even said or thought it. I've been wrong. I've got to regroup. I ain't gonna never call another black man nigger because we never were niggers. That was a word used to describe our wretchedness and we perpetuated. That word is dead. We're men and women. We come from the first people on earth. Hypnotized by gifts, dressed to impressed shiny red and green aluminum suits with gold bows reflecting flickering lights from the world's tallest evergreen. A neon sign reads, Welcome to May Company. The smell of chestnuts roasting, nutmeg sprinkled, and eggnog everyone drinks. Hymns been sung about nativity, peace, whatever they mean. Children running, laughing, playing, more happier than me. Doting mothers spit, kissed, thumb tips, tame, wayward brows, smudged cheeks, 
anxiously primping Pup's Sunday best for the obligatory picture on Santa's knee. Dewy-eyed Christmas spirits motivated me to cut in line and in between Procustin and pray. Why you let those niggas in front of you? Says the voice from behind. This is my family. Nigga lover! The last words he speaks crash. Pandemonium strikes. Lungs seize. It seems instead of choking my father, Robert E. Fitzgerald murdered a part of me. To no avail, Pop fights back non-violently. Maybe a nail file will cleave racism's wielded grip. Hit in the heart after three optimistic tries, terrorism dies. Our savior is crucified, inaugurated a half-breed's reality. Hot coals were incongruous pincers, juxtaposed worthlessness, tokenism, beaten under hollow-heartedly pretending in my mind's eye, isn't demystified, projector repeating, telescope the memories of the Santa line slaying, and calling myself nigga isn't the implanted wretchedness. Tyrone at five foot seven, low key and light enough to pass, killed to protect me from being. So that's it. And I'm sad because I want this to go on like three more hours. This is fantastic. Everyone else love it? Yeah. And it's also like this amazing energy in here. And it's also so disheartening that Akili can't be here. And this is his work. And um, there's, I'm having this sadness and this excitement. And it's a complex evening and I want to just acknowledge that that is we're all like yeah yeah this that was so great and that Achilles still inside and he can't be here so thank you so much for being here and caring and caring for prisoners work and creative arts and social justice in general and thank you poets and poets and performers that was really really fantastic <laughs> You've been listening to a reading of Pelican Bay prison inmate Achille Castellan's poetry, recorded in Ottawa, Ontario, at the book launch for Achille's collection, Who Am I? For more information online, you can visit Achille Castellan, A-K-I-L-I-C-A-S-T-L-I-N, dot wordpress dot com. Special thanks to Jeff Monahan, who works with the Books to Prisoners program in Canada, for organizing this recording for Mad River Anthology. This is the Mad River Anthology. I'm Tim Ayers. If you have questions or comments about this program, please call our listener comment line at 826-6089. On our blog and online archive of shows can be found at madriveranthology.wordpress.com. The Mad River Anthology airs the second and fourth Sundays of the month at 10 p.m. and is produced for KHSU, located at Humboldt State University in Arcata, California.